Welcome to Conversations with Mayu Lenz. That's me. I'm your host, a photographer obsessed with helping women lead unapologetically. On this show, you will hear not only from me, but from other amazing women who inspire me and are making a difference in the community. What does that mean, leading unapologetically? To me, it's leading from a place of authenticity without apologies. In other words, not seeking approval for being yourself, what you care for, and value. My goal with this podcast is to inspire and help women develop powerful confidence in themselves and recognize the value we bring to the community and the world as a whole. Whether you are a stay-at-home mom, entrepreneur, pursuing a career, or growing your business, we are here to build each other up. We are bilingual speakers and want to bring value to both the English and Spanish-speaking communities. Some shows will have a Spanish label when we have a Spanish-only speaking guest. Let's learn and grow together. My guest today is Charlotte Crabtree, a career coach whose focus is to help you build the confidence, skills, and strategies you need to enjoy a successful and satisfying career within your current role. Whether you're dealing with the boss from hell, struggling to show up and speak up in your position, or feeling totally overwhelmed with the workload, she's here to bring a fresh, inspiring, energizing perspective to give you the boost you need to make a change and fall back in love with your career. Hello, Charlotte. Welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here. Can you please um, introduce yourself to the audience and what are you up to these days? Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So um, my name is Charlotte Crabtree and I am a career coach working with mid-level professionals to help them build successful and most importantly, satisfying careers. Um, so at the moment, I run a one-to-one -one, uh, coaching program, which is 12 weeks long, um, working with individuals who are at a kind of mid-level in their career. So project managers, project, um, project director kind of level, um, and really helping them with things like building their confidence, helping them to really kind of create satisfaction in what they're doing, create more time for themselves, better work-life balance, more fulfillment in their day-to-day -day role, and kind of really focusing on getting what they want out of their career understanding what their goals are and why they're going for them and then helping them build a strategy to achieve that i love that i talk to a lot of people including business owners and entrepreneurs not everyone wants to become a business owner today we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome confidence which is a topic i really love because I love helping my clients build their self-confidence and fall in love with a person they see in the mirror and in their photographs. But let's start with, why is it a good idea to hire a coach even if you're not at a top level executive or CEO, in your opinion? Yeah, it's interesting. And in my, my own experience, when I was a little bit younger, I definitely found the perception was that you know, there were two types of coaches in the world. There were life coaches, which was kind of very woo and a nice to have and <laughs> not really sure what they did, but it sounds great. And then there's, you know, executive coaches that your CEO has and your managing director and people that are kind of high flyers in business. And what I didn't realize at the time was that there is a whole spectrum of coaching in between that that is totally accessible to everybody. And the thing is with coaching is that there are 
there are thousands of hundreds of thousands of coaches I'm sure and they all we all specialize in kind of different niches and have different expertise based on our own experiences which is why it's such a personal and, and powerful journey so working with a coach is is a really great opportunity to get everything out of your head and kind of unravel it so if you imagine all of your thoughts up in your head wound up like balls like a kitten's been playing with them and you mm -hmm. might be feeling you know frantic frustrated tired drained stressed irritable and you can't put your finger on why it is actually working with somebody external somebody objective somebody that actually necessarily doesn't know you can really help to kind of unravel all of that and make sense of it and then you can dig underneath find out what your triggers are understand your thought patterns understand why you feel the way that you do and choose to respond and behave differently than you have been to generate better results and responses from the people around you interesting it's like having a therapist mm. a lot of people when they hear the word coach they think they have to spend a lot of money or you have to be in business because usually business owners are the ones who hire coaches for their team this is on a personal level an individual can hire a coach to help them level up in their career right yeah absolutely and really it's interesting that you say that because coaching and therapy they can seem like quite similar modalities coaching is very much forward thinking so it's a lot about understanding what's going on for you right now there's a little bit of working through things that have happened to you in the past so you can understand a little bit better but it's very much focused on what can you do now what can you do differently how can you get the results that you want quickly rather than um I think many people's experience of therapy is you know really working through kind of past traumas and all the way through your childhood and things like that and mm. not necessarily with a goal so it's very goal oriented mm. um And yeah, a, a lot of people in business hire coaches and a lot of the, um, a lot of coaches hire coaches and, and there's, there's often, you know, a, a tangible return on investment that a lot of people are looking for. And that's actually something that I've um, struggled with in my business in terms of my messaging and how I communicate the value of, of what I do to, to my clients and potential clients. So very recently, I decided, you know, I want to be walking my talk better. So I've been working with business coaches for a long time now. Um, but what I'm saying to my clients is, you know, yes, my, uh, many of my clients get promotions, pay rises, you know, financial return on investment from working with me. But what's really valuable about it is the way that they feel afterwards. So they feel mm. happier, more relaxed, more confident, like they have control of their life again, like they can do what they want to do and they enjoy where they are right now and they're excited for what the future holds. And it's really hard to describe a tangible value on that, but it is just priceless and it's so rewarding. It is true what you're saying, because when I hire um my mentor for my photography business, I saw the big difference um, that it, it does make um, in, in both, you know, like um, if, even, you know, like I'm talking about business, but I'm a solopreneur because I work for my myself. Um, I do have subcontractors like my makeup artists and sometimes I do bring assistant, but I'm not like a big, huge business. So having that one on one, it does help you um, level up. 
which is what I what I was previously saying. Yeah. And you know, also like something that I wanna I would like to talk about um, with you is the the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't like calling that the imposter syndrome because it feels like you develop something at birth or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's like why and and in my thirty years, and it sounds like my goodness, a lot, because I've been working since I was 16. But I've never heard a man tell another man, oh, you have an imposter syndrome. It, it, it usually is like among women. Uh-huh. Uh, why, why is that? It's a funny term, isn't it? I don't know who coined it originally. It's definitely not a diagnosis. And I can understand why, you know, you wouldn't like the term. It's not something that you you know, brag about oh yeah I have imposter syndrome but (laughs) what it is is a label for quite common experiences thought patterns feelings that unfortunately a lot of women do go through probably more than men because of you know our society patriarchal conditioning and the idea that you know the labels that women deal with day to day put us in a corner, put us in a bit of a box and make it much more difficult for us to stand in our power and show what we can do and feel like we're being respected. There's almost like an automatic expectation of respect for men in the workplace that women don't have a quote unquote the right to. And I think that's where the experience comes from. And so what it is, is really when you feel like you don't either fit or belong or deserve to be where you are, like you don't have a voice, that you're not as good as everyone else in the room, that, you know, it's not your place to stand up and say something or contribute or share your ideas. And in that, in that way, the label comes that you feel like an imposter, like you should, how did you get there? How did you land this job? When, when will it be that somebody finds out that, they shouldn't have hired you or you shouldn't be in that meeting or you don't deserve to be there. So it makes sense as a term, but it's not very nice sounding, like you said. Um, But the problem with imposter syndrome is that it creates this vicious cycle where it's really holding you back. So we tend to look for external validation of our worth in the workplace. So we look for positive reinforcement and feedback we want people to say oh that's a great idea and take it on board but because we don't feel like we you know should have the audacity to to stand and share those ideas we'll never get that validation we never get that positive reinforcement so we're always holding ourselves back and it just prevents us from advancing prevents us from learning because our our ego which is there to protect us and keep us safe is not letting us expose ourselves or be vulnerable or ask questions to learn or even try. So it it just really keeps you stuck. So it all boils down to confidence, not having a set of skills, feeling ignored, like your voice don't matter. So let's talk about how to shift that and build confidence. How do you help your clients develop confidence? Yeah, definitely confidence and, you know, interchangeable terms, self-belief, self-worth, really just trusting that you deserve the opportunities that everyone else has as well. You deserve to be there. You deserve to be able to try. 
Um, so one of the first things that I work on with my clients is developing their awareness and really mm. digging into understanding what it is that they're afraid of. What is the scenario that they think? What is the worst case scenario that's going to happen? If you yeah. share an idea in a meeting and somebody shoots you down, what is going to happen? What's the consequence? And really initially understanding, you know, the reality of, of that happening and, and understanding what kind of beliefs that you're holding that are leading you to kind of create this narrative in your mind that's that's not letting you move past it. Awareness is really the key to making better decisions when it comes to everything in life. So, you know, I, I work with clients um, mainly in nine to five jobs, but but this career, um, sorry, this confidence work that we do really just spills out over, over everything, every kind of area of their life. So we look at, at, at creating more awareness of, of what they're worried about, where the kind of anxiety might be coming from. And then we think about what they would do if they didn't feel that way. In an ideal world, if everything was peachy, what would you do? And then slowly and gradually and as they're comfortable we build on trying things out and one of my favorite things with this is asking questions so a lot of my clients really struggle um with with being in meetings um and and speaking up in meetings asking questions things like that the first thing I would say is a question by definition cannot be wrong so if you ask a question in a meeting it's not wrong and if you approach things with a learning mindset and kind of embracing the idea of just absorbing more, becoming better, expanding your knowledge, developing your skills and working towards, if you don't feel that you deserve to be there already, working towards deserving to be in there because you deserve to try, you deserve to give it a shot. So you deserve to earn your place. So asking questions really helps you to have a voice and just start engaging and start talking and making it a little bit more comfortable for yourself. Um, when they kind of build up these, these practices, obviously we start with asking questions and depending on, on their situation and their experience, we bring in other kind of tips and tricks to, to help them kind of put themselves out there and feel a little bit better. The next thing we do is start gathering the evidence. So every time something doesn't go wrong, every time they don't get shut down, every time somebody <laughs> does say, hey, that was a great idea, we build this bank of evidence. Yes. Because when you have something to lean back on, it's so powerful. When you, when you start reminding your brain that actually you did this before and the world didn't end, you start breaking down those beliefs that every time you do this, it will all go wrong. And so you can gradually overcome things that way. That's awesome. Yeah. Never be afraid of asking questions, especially why. <laughs> this drives my husband crazy <laughs> because I do ask a lot of questions and I'm glad I decided to do this podcast. So let's talk about job hopping. In your experience, why do you think job hopping is a bad idea? And it's like you were mm -hmm. saying before, people not feeling like they belong. In my case, I felt like I wasn't being heard and I wanted more. 
I used to work for this organization where I was the only woman there and I always had to work really hard to get my ideas across because I always felt like I wasn't taken seriously or they were pushed down, but I always find my way. Um, I lasted about four to six years in a few jobs and before going on my own, maybe one or two. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say job hopping in itself is a bad idea. It's all about the reason behind it. So mm. my own experience, my jobs, I probably did one to two years in most of them. And I kept moving because I was always running away. I was always escaping a situation that I didn't enjoy. I felt like I was dealing with imposter syndrome. I didn't have very much confidence. I felt like I had all these ideas and I wasn't being listened to. I felt like I wasn't being respected. And I thought, well, you know, if I go somewhere else, then maybe it'll be different. Maybe it's the culture of the company. Maybe it's just this place. Maybe it's because it's a small agency. Maybe it's because it's a big company. Right. <laughs> but the thing is that when you change jobs from a from a place of escaping a place of mm. kind of desperation sometimes a place of that needing external validation it will follow you and it will go with you each time so for me what really changed was understanding that actually the grass doesn't seem to be getting any greener so what am I doing wrong and it wasn't that I was it wasn't that I was bad at my job. It wasn't that I was a poor team player. Like all of the things that I thought was great about myself was true, but I wasn't, I was being triggered by, you know, my own past trauma experience, you know, mm. thought patterns. And so it wasn't until I really started addressing what was going on with me. And this is why the work that I do with my clients, I really focus on them and their kind of personal development, their personal growth and their confidence in themselves. Because once you have that, then you can look at, like you said before, when you're in this room surrounded by men, you found your way to communicate your idea. You found the way to do it that worked for you. And that's really what it is. It's finding how, it's understanding how, your unique mind and body works how to work with your energy and your personality to get the results that you want so going back to your original question I don't think job hopping is a bad idea if you're moving because you want more experience or a different experience or you know you're relocating or there's an opportunity that's come up that just sounds dreamy then go for it and I really don't think that there's anything bad to be said about a CV with multiple jobs on if you've moved for the right reasons and gained the experiences that you wanted to at each one mm. but like I said moving for the wrong reasons is what is when it becomes a bad idea mm, that is a, an excellent point <laughs> I wonder if I was moving for the right or the wrong reasons <laughs> as long as you're happy now it doesn't matter <laughs> oh I am I am super happy now um I, I think I found my love in photography so um yeah it's like oh no whenever I feel like I'm you know struggling I'm like no 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 but this I love I love doing and I'm not where am I gonna go next it's like uh-uh <laughs> And podcasting, you know, it's just like I get to uh, continue the conversation with uh, beautiful yeah. people like yourself and I get to learn and I, you know, 
having conversations is what I, I really lights me up. So um, it's like, oh, it's an extension to my to my business. So um, yeah, um, let's talk a, a little bit about body body image. And do you think, in your experience? Um, because we all struggle from time to time with with mm. body issues, you know, um, either you're too young and you're getting pimples in your face or you're too old and you're getting wrinkles mm. or you're too short or you're too, you know, too tall. And, you know, we and especially in women, because men mm. kind of struggle with but they have another side effect. <laughs> call that. So Why, why do you think that this also has anything to do with when you're like struggling at your job? Yeah, definitely. I think one of the one of the biggest things that um, women struggle with is age at work, um, particularly like young graduates, really hungry for success, really dedicated to their career, really excited, come in with loads of ideas, are often quick to have their confidence knocked because like you, they'll be in a room full of men and they'll think, oh, well, you know, they're just looking at me like this young blonde. And, you know, obviously I haven't got anything to contribute because whatever they may think, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, don't even go down what they might think. But yeah, I think, <laughs> I think they, um, they struggle a lot with feeling, either feeling inferior or being made to feel inferior because of the way that they look. And then at the other end of the spectrum, there are women that have been in their careers for a while and perhaps even feel threatened by these younger women coming in And they think the opposite and they think all the positive things that people might be thinking about them and the negative things that people might be thinking about themselves. So it's always a consideration. And even down to things like what we wear and pe like people will message me on Instagram and they'll say, oh, how do I how do I be more assertive at work? Should I should I wear a suit? Why should you wear a suit? I mean, if there's a dress code in your office, then follow the dress code. If you're going to um, like a meeting or a pitch or something and there's a dress code for that, then then fine. But why should you wear black? Because everyone else wears black. Why should you, you know, dress really um, flamboyantly because you work in a creative agency? It's not about what you wear. It's not about what you look like. It's about what you bring to the table and the results that you get in your delivery at work. Right. When you look good when and you feel good, you present yourself in a different way. Just, you know, your body, um, um, what do you call it? Your body language. Yeah. So it's not like, I don't want people to get the wrong idea that we're telling them to just wear jeans and crappy <laughs> <laughs> stuff, you know it's just but it, it, that is so true what you said it's like what makes you feel comfortable and it will light up what you bring to the table yeah absolutely and no I'm, we're not suggesting that everyone suddenly go to their corporate office job in jeans and a hoodie but <laughs> it you know it's, it's about dressing appropriately within the boundaries rather than feeling yeah. like you know a, a particular style or a certain way is going to impact what people think of you because if people are 
judging you based on what you're wearing they're not listening or looking at what you're doing and so when you work on you know the confidence and the the valuing of yourself and your worth and what you're bringing to the table it just kind of becomes irrelevant what you wear because you know your value yeah it's all about your how you feel in the insight and yeah. your mindset mm-hmm. yeah um another question that i love asking is what is your perception of beauty do you know what the first thing that i thought of when i when i saw this question was it's becoming irrelevant mm. and it has a it has its place in terms of you know aesthetics and appearances and you know it's it's nice to get dressed up it's nice to do your makeup and do your hair and feel all pretty and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but it has its place and i think it's important not to make that the the focus so i had a um i had a night out with one of my girlfriends like a few years ago And she came around and we got all dressed up and we spent about two hours, you know, face full of makeup, like really thick, like foundation and eyeliner and eyeshadow (laughs) and all this. And we curled our hair and we wore our heels and we wore our, you know, fancy tops and skirts and things like that. And we went to this this, um, champagne bar on the seafront and we bought champagne and we took photos and put them on Instagram. And the next day I went to... um, somewhere else with another friend and I wore jeans and trainers and you know just like a nice top and I still look presentable and I had a cider instead of champagne and I just had the best time because we were there to be present with each other and enjoy each other's company and catch up and you know I felt comfortable and I felt confident and I knew that I looked good because you know I'd I'd done a bit of makeup but it was about the experience rather than what we looked like having the experience. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I think as well, since kind of going on my own personal development journey, I've really started to look at people more as souls rather than bodies. And so I really, I, the most beautiful faces to me are the ones when I look in somebody's eyes and I feel like their eyes are the most beautiful part of them, regardless of what else, whatever else is going on. And um, it's just nice as well. I think, you know, you, you said something earlier about speaking to beautiful people on your podcast. And I think beauty is a term that's being used more and more to describe uh, statements or quotes or ideas or, you know, conversations rather than just the aesthetics of something oh my goodness you gave me goosebumps (laughs) (laughs) but it's true and it's amazing when you go on a path of personal development like like you were saying how much you grow um, as a as a person and you do look at people in a different way and I love what you were saying about you know women in particular when if the young person goes into the into the company and the older you know it's funny how they both feel this um like their confidence level drop and and how they're like mistaken they're both mistaken instead of comparing themselves they should be both lifting each other up yeah they can bring power to you know to the company my last question is one of my favorite ones 
being unapologetically you to me means being true to who you are and what you believe in. Mm-hmm. In other words, not seeking approval for being authentically yourself in order to blend in. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you are going to stop apologizing or something that you stopped apologizing for that helped you level up in your career or your business? Yes, I fairly recently really have decided to stop apologizing for not having all the answers. Mm. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about asking questions. I think for for me, I find it difficult sometimes um, in my role as a coach because I feel being an empath, I feel very responsible for my clients and I want them to, you know, get everything that they can out of our sessions and things like that. And so I, you know, especially earlier on, I would kind of work myself up like, what if, what if I don't ask the right questions? What if I don't know how to, you know, direct the call? What if I don't know how to help them this, this particular session? And actually, I just realized that that's okay. I don't, I don't have to have all the answers, especially with coaching. It is really about going with the flow and and exploring and getting curious about what the client needs in the moment. But even, you know, things like doing this podcast interview with you, I'm not worried about not having all the answers because we're having a conversation. We can talk about it. And I am very good at what I do, but I haven't been doing it for decades and decades. And there's always going to be more to learn. The universe is not even the extent of existence. There is so much more bigger than us. And there's people with more experience and different experience. And so if I don't have the answer, that's okay, because I know that we'll find it together. And also, how boring would it be if I already knew everything? (laughs) Yes, I love that. And it's funny that you say that, because not having all the answers, and that's why we're here to learn from each other. Because, you know, we all learn from children we learn from our pets my pets <laughs> teach me something every every day and and having conversations like this I mean um you're not the same as you were yesterday I'm pretty exactly. sure you learned something new this morning mm-hmm. um you know so that it's a a, a lovely um answer um and congratulations for not uh-huh. apologizing anymore thank you <laughs> I I love asking this question because a lot of women apologize for everything, right? Mm. Like, oh my God, I'm you're in the in in line for the groceries or to pay, and and you apologize just for being there standing. Yeah, it's like why? Yeah, I mean, if you you know hit somebody by mistake, okay, say sorry, but don't be sorry for learning something new or for not having the answers, like you said mistakes because we are you're right we're always learning and I think women in general we we bear so much responsibility for other people um and and we we really struggle to actually just just own what we need and ask for it that's something that that I've worked on a lot recently with my coach and, and something that I do with my clients too actually asking for what you need unapologetically and a really small yet powerful example of this the other day I went to a coffee shop asked for a coffee and it was a complicated order what did I order it was something like a 
decaf coconut cappuccino and mm. I know my favorite my favorite drink and um the, I repeated it to the girl a few times and I said decaf yeah and she's like yeah and I'm like and coconut milk she's like yeah I'm like okay and then she went through it and I was like yes but decaf and coconut she's like yeah yeah yeah. and then she was like oh I can't write this down I can't put it on the till so I'm going to write it down and like tell the guy that's going to make the coffee and I was like okay cool and then went to the end and the guy gave me the coffee and I was like is it decaf and coconut and he was like oh no and I was like the old me would probably have just been like okay well don't worry about it you know because you don't want to make a fuss and I'm sure you know the other side the other reaction that could have come out would have been like really annoyed with them like well, I told you so many times but I just said okay no problem can you make it again and he was like yeah sure and then I got the coffee that I wanted and it was just it's so small but such a shift and actually you know if I'd had a caffeinated coffee or I'd had cow's milk I wouldn't have felt good afterwards but I would have just dealt with that previously and you know kind of suffered for it or put my needs behind you know the guy that's being paid to make my coffee and it's just we like you said we apologize for everything or we put other people's needs before our own all the time and actually believing that we are deserving of our fundamental needs is so powerful and you know makes your day better yeah that shift it's just incredible when we have that shift in mindset because the old me would have done the same thing or I would have also say, oh, but are you deaf? (laughs) I will never tell somebody that. But, (laughs) you know, that's the reaction that you want to, you know, like, oh, then you would have had a really, really crappy day. Yeah. And that poor guy was going to have a crappy day as well. (laughs) I would have felt bad because I would have snapped. He would have felt bad because he was snapped at. Yeah. And I think it all comes. I think what I was saying right at the beginning of our conversation, having this awareness of the way that you think and, and what you're doing for yourself and really taking care of yourself enables you to choose better and respond intentionally rather than reacting. Right. I love it. Thank you so much for this lovely day. Oh, it's um, been so great talking to you. I know. I can spend like three more hours talking to you. <laughs> Shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you to learn more about your services, about your coaching? Um, do you do coaching online? Do you have clients, you know, um, on the other side of the world, because you are in the UK, I'm in the US. And where can people go find you and learn a little bit more about you? So um, my website is charlottecrabtree.com. And you can find all the information about me, my story, the services that I offer, um, and also free resources. So um, I'll make sure this podcast is on there as well. Um, I have a free download, uh, Five Confidence Hacks to Crush Your Next Meeting. Um, So you can download that there as well. Um, As I said, so I offer... uh, private one-to-one coaching uh, it's a 12-week program and that's called the career transformation accelerator and that is a full program working through everything we've talked about today to really help people build their confidence kind of tweak maybe even redesign their lifestyle to to generate one that is fulfilling and satisfying and also help them to get clear on what their goals are and work towards them 
So that's one option. I also do um, an action plan intensive, which is a 90 minute session um, to develop a six month plan of action, basically for anyone who knows what they want and where they want to be. And we can just set out steps to achieve that, understand what's holding them back and take action to get them there. And I also run a monthly coaching forum, which is a low cost basically introduction to coaching so it's a group coaching session once a month you can sign up on my website just to kind of get to know me experience what it's like to be coached bring one kind of key challenge or frustration or question that you have at the moment um and yeah like you said I do work with clients globally so all of my coaching unless somebody was in the same town as me um, all of my coaching is done via zoom so it's accessible mm. to everybody Thank you so much for listening today. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and family and consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell us what you think on social media. On Instagram and Twitter at Mayi Lens and on Facebook page Conversations with Mayi Lens. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. Until next time, talk to you soon.